Hi, I'm Manika. And I'm Ali, and you're listening to YA Book. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans. And if my voice sounds like it has been run over by a truck, don't worry, it hasn't. Uh, but it's just been very non-cooperative for the past few days, so bear with me. Huh. How are you? I'm good. It's been a nice couple of days, and our school's probably reopening in a few days, so that's something interesting. What about you? Yeah. Ours too, probably, but I don't know if I'm ready for it too, because... I've been having a great time, you know, chilling with my new Kindle and just reading at home and being able to watch TV at the end of the day. And I don't know, it's just been a very relaxing month and I don't know if I'm ready for it to end yet. Yeah. I'll enjoy school as well because that's a different kind of experience. Yeah, it is. So I, sh- I probably shouldn't complain. So what have you been reading? I'm reading the third book of The Dark Artifices by Cassandra Clare. Of course you are. <laughs> it's uh, the queen of air and darkness and so far i've reached like 11 percent of the book and it's actually really good what about you well um i was kind of disenchanted with modern literature after our last book so what i did was i went back to the classics and i read a pg woodhouse book the code of the woosters but then after i read the pg woodhouse book which i thoroughly enjoyed i realized i was ready to read some nice fluff again Uh, If only so I would have something for our recommendations episode. I mean, I read a lot of rom-coms, but I just wanted to have even more. So after reading this book, which we're discussing today, I read The Holiday Switch by Tiff Marcello, which is a Christmas time romance. I'll, I'll go more into detail about it in our next episode. As well as the Dash and Lily series by uh, Rachel Cohn and David Levithan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing their names right. I kind of committed book blasphemy with that one because I watched the TV series first. But, like, to be fair to me, though, I didn't really know that the book series existed. Yeah. Uh, so after re-watching the series again this year, I mean, I read the books for the first time, and they're good. They're, they're interesting. I haven't read the books, but I watched the TV series, and I actually didn't know there was a book series. I mean, most teen rom-com movies are based off books if you think about it but sometimes the movies get more attention than the books maybe because but the netflix but most netflix originals aren't and this was a netflix Uh original so i I completely didn't know that it was i think it was a netflix edition i'm not really sure yeah it it is okay okay so anyway going into the book yeah so just a little warning um for those of you who are not acquainted with young adult literature, it contains teen drinking, as well as mentions of really toxic relationships, and of course romance. So if you if you can't read romance, then this is a rom-com. You're not on the right podcast. So, on to the summary, I suppose. Uh, so, spoiler warning, we're going to be talking about everything that happens in this book, and if you're planning to read it, don't listen to this podcast yet. Alright, so here's the summary. Carolina Lena Emerson's life has officially fallen apart. Incurable pancreatic cancer took her mom in mere months. And now she's being shipped off all the way to Italy to live with someone who's apparently her father. Add to that her mother's old journal from when she was studying in Florence, which she clearly wanted Lena to read. 
the nice but confusing man who is apparently her father, and the cemetery his house is situated in, and she doesn't know how long she can take it all. She plans to go back to the United States as soon as the summer is over, but fate has other plans. Because as soon as she musters up the courage to read her mother's journal, she is launched into a mystery. As she begins to discover Florence, Gelato, and her mother's miserable love life, along with her new best friend, Ren, she finds herself falling for him. But what about Ren's girlfriend? And Thomas, the British guy who's almost too good to be true. As she figures out her mother's tragic secrets and has an upsetting encounter with her true father, who wants nothing to do with her, she loses control and kisses Ren. So when he pushes her away, she's distraught because she's just lost a friend. But after a few more misunderstandings, they reconcile. And the book ends happily, with Ren and Carolina confessing their feelings and getting together. Uh, On to the thoughts um, segment. I'm changing this name from strong opinions to thoughts because it's just thoughts that we have. I like the way that it handled grief. I've never really experienced the grief of losing someone, thankfully. This book made it like seem very realistic, even to me, who like I didn't have anything to relate to when it came to that. But I felt like it was very well done. Like the main character would just it's not like it completely crippled her. It did, but that was always in the back of her mind. So she was still able to live and have experiences and then occasionally she'd like experience this like gut drenching stab of like loss when she thought about her mom but most of the time it was a side plot which is nice because it was about the truth right the book was about finding the truth and love and gelato not about her her loss because her loss was simply what kicked off the book i i kind of liked the way it handled that because i don't know i think it was just well written and the way it did that yeah it did i mean in most typical romance books or books in general People are completely destroyed by grief. Yeah. And I think that Lena actually found a way to work with it. Like, she was obviously really terribly miserable. Because her mother was like the woman who raised her. She didn't know her father. Yeah. At all. But then she found a way to live, like Rosie said. And that was really nice. Yeah. And for my thoughts on any character, I like Ren a lot. I don't know. He just seems like a kind of mischievous cheeky person i think he would be like my best friend if you know what i mean his personality is something that i can just identify with and i thought he wasn't like the typical guy character because mostly all the male characters are they don't like the girl in the beginning but then the girl is like falling for them and then eventually they get together but this book was really different and i just really like ren yeah, me too. Ren was just, he was really mature about everything, which is yeah. um, also kind of unusual in a, in a straight romance novel because sometimes, like we talked about in our last episode, sometimes the guy is genuinely not as mature as he could be. Um, yeah. And in this book, Ren was genuinely like intelligent and he didn't manipulate Lena in any way. He wanted what was right for her and... um and his uh, girlfriend for most of the book. So he wasn't trying to play both of them. He was very careful about it. Like the moment that like he realized that he was developing feelings for Lena and she was developing feelings for him, he pushed her away because he was like, I'm sorry, I have a girlfriend. I, yeah, he, he was just a really good, well-crafted, mature character. Yeah, he was. So that was my thoughts on Ren. And now 
to the our favorite passages. This one was one near the end of the book, and I thought it really stuck with me. I'm just gonna read it. Turns out there's a reason they call it falling in love, because when it happens, that's exactly how it feels. There's no doing or trying. You just let go and hope that someone's going to be there to catch you. So I, when I read this, I messaged my friend and I told I I sent these lines to her and I just like said the part where you just let go and hope someone's going to be there to catch you. That part, just completely abandoning everything uh-huh. and just hoping that someone will be there for you when you want them to be. Yeah. I think I think it's a really really beautiful line, and it's also like the perfect description if you actually think about it. Uh huh. Yeah. So that that was my favorite passage. So mine is actually a description. Uh, Lena has just gone to this mill that Howard, her father, took her mother to. Well, not her actual father, but he's her adopted father in the end. And she's she's standing at the top of it. This is what she sees when the sun actually rises. The sun was rising over the hills, heating up the undersides of the clouds and setting them on fire in crazy shades of pink and gold. Everything around me was bright and beautiful and suddenly very clear. So, I just love this line because it's A, it's a realization. So, somehow this sunrise sparks this Eureka moment for her. And then she rushes back to the house and tells Howard the truth. Also, it's a really beautiful description. Like, it's vague about it. It's not describing anything but the sunrise. But it's doing it in such a beautiful way that I can just picture her looking out of this beautiful Tuscan countryside. Like, I- I've seen the sky in a sunset. Everybody has. And that's what makes this line so relatable because you can imagine how the sunset looks when it's really beautiful with the pink clouds and just like a bright ray of sunshine coming up. I just thought it was a really touching line. Yeah. You can imagine the sunrise happening. Because the way the authors depicted it. Yeah. The shades of pink and gold. Pink and gold go really well together. <laughs> they do. That they do. <laughs> and now um, a new segment. Our favorite minor character. So my favorite minor character is probably Howard's lady friend. Sonia. And she's she's truly a minor character. She's not present many times in the book. But she helps Howard. She's kind of his assistant, almost. But then also like oh. a teammate. More like, yeah. not really like an yeah. assistant. She works at the cemetery just like him. And I, it's platonic, the friendship. It's a very like supportive friendship. And they're good friends. But I, I truly think that it could become a thing in later books. Yeah, I think it could. Yeah, it would happen. Even I thought they would get together. Yeah, because they seem to care about each other a lot. That could that could develop into something. So I don't know. I guess I just like to wait and see where that goes. But the reason that she's my favorite minor character is because she's really, really almost like a mother figure to Lena, but not fully because she's, as I said, she's not present a lot. But then when she is there, she's always giving like advice, and you know she's being like really supportive. Like she helps Lena find the dress um, at near the end of the book, and like she goes and she calls in some favors, and then um, she's also the one who says the most iconic line in the book, which gave it the title, which is that people come to Italy for two things: love and gelato. Yeah, she. I I felt like she was a nice role model and a nice mother figure, sort of. 
I actually have been to Italy and the gelato was amazing. So maybe next time I go, I'll find the other thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I want to, I want to eat Italian gelato. I've oh, it's gelato good. a few times in my life. And uh, me and my friend shared like lemon gelato and I still remember it. And that was like when I was five. My favorite minor character is Elena and also another guy called Marco. And Elena and Marco, I think they become a thing later. It doesn't really specify, but basically... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it insinuates. It's, it's like, Yeah, it insinuates. Just so like, basically, Marco is this big exuberant guy who like hugs everyone and... Um, exuberant is one word for it. <laughs> and he's... He's kind of simple-minded. And Elena, actually, the first party that Lena went to was in Elena's house. And she lives, like, in a huge mansion and stuff. But I feel like Elena is very down-to-earth, you know? She doesn't let that get to her head. And I wouldn't mind reading a separate book about her, you know? She'd be a great main character. I mean, as far as I can tell, because I I read, like, the first few pages of the second book, I think it's about the best friend. What if Love and Olives is about Alina? I don't know. <laughs> it probably isn't. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's not. Who's, who's I, it about? Really, it's it's about Addie, the second book. Yeah, I think so. Because, oh. no, I, I realized this while I was rereading, okay? So, like, it says Ian or Ian or however you pronounce it, I-A-N, okay, in, in yeah. like, the first few pages of the second book. And then when I was, like, oh. skipping through the book again to, like, remember the major details, I, I saw that, like, Ian is Addie's brother's name. Basically, basically, the Siddharth series is about girls going to foreign countries and finding love. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> more, new, more new segments. So, one thing we liked about the book. You can go first. I liked that it wasn't a very typical love story, you know. And I liked that it wasn't a very long book, see, and wasn't stretched out. So, I have a problem with love stories which are really long. And you know what's going to happen at the end. It's predictable. <laughs> but the author just stretches it out. Like, for example, I didn't like Pride and Prejudice. That was a very stretched out love story that I didn't like. Okay. Controversial opinions a lot. <laughs> yeah. This is, a co- this is my opinion. I didn't like it. But if you like enemies to lovers, read Pride and Prejudice. But like very, very old 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 enemies very lovers. old like enemies. they are like not in age like this is 1800s. i don't even know what century but i think many many okay 1800s. No, no, it's 1800s yeah many it, it's a few centuries ago so if you like like a really victorian enemies yeah. to lovers read bright and yeah. so that's what i liked about the book that it was short and sweet one thing i liked about the book was actually these little descriptions yeah. of things which i found very funny like i'll just share my top three okay yeah the moon had risen round and heavy as a ripe tomato. I don't know. I just found it so funny, but like still fun. Finally, the website dragged itself onto the screen. Just little funny sentences which are clever yeah. as well. The stars winked ecstatically. Wow. That's, I think, one of the last sentences. Yeah, me. it is. So, I don't know. I just like those those little sentences which were sort of everywhere. Like little pops of color. But they were very unique. Like, have you ever before heard the moon being yeah. compared to a tomato? You, I mean, I've heard it being called, yeah. like, silver. Like, 
Walter Dean Myers wrote an entire poem about moonlight called Silver. But and I've heard like the moon being described gracefully, but she's calling it to a tomato. I just loved it. Yeah, I mean the unusual metaphors and similes and personification. Yeah. It was really it was really nice. Yeah. I didn't notice that, but yeah, now that I think of it. I highlighted a bunch of those. Yeah, so now we're going to another segment which is a thing we would change if we'd written the book and or you can go first. Complete coin flip. Yeah. So I would have made the best friend have a different personality because I do get that opposites attract most of the time for friendship and that the best friend kind of has to balance the main character out sometimes. But then I, I, I've seen this trope one too many times and I'm just incredibly sick of it, okay? The best, the main character is very quiet, right? Socially awkward, gets teased by other kids or something. And then the best friend is this person who's very squealy for one. Okay, so the moment the main character starts talking about like the cute guys that she's meeting, the main character goes, ooh, and then she proceeds to look them up on social media, which of course the main character is never on, only the best friend is on. The best friend has like the fashion advice and I don't know, the best friend is just very like stereotypical and this is what the best friend looks like in every book. So I'm just kind of sick of it. Like I have a best friend like this. So by that logic, I suppose I'm the main character. And although I don't have an issue with that logic, I do think that it's wrong in books and th- that it's so repetitive. Yeah, I-, I would have kind of made the best friend a little bit unique. I-, I-, I kind of think that in these cases, I'm kind of like that stereotypical best friend. I know. And it's <laughs> like, it's so sad. The moment you have to fit yourself into that trope by being like, I'm this person, I'm that person, right? Like yeah i don't know i just feel like the best friends in books yeah like i i get that she gets a book in the second in like as in the second book of the series i i love that the author did that because i love that she then gets her own story but then at least for this book i would have liked that like maybe she had some character traits that we didn't see so often in literally best friends like make the make the main character be that person and make the best friend be the quiet person okay don't always make the main character the quiet person. I get that, like, writers tend to be the the former, right? Yeah. The writers tend to be, like, the quiet person. So it's hard to write what you want, but then try, please. And um, my one thing we would change, so I was talking to my mom about this book, okay? And I said, I was explaining the premise, and she was talking about how always in YA books, it's the mom that dies. And it's not always, but like in a lot of YA books, it's the mom that dies. I was talking about how there's always the stereotypical cancer storyline. This book didn't really focus on the cancer, which was great. But if it had been different, I know that was the whole premise of the story. But when I first read that the mom had cancer, I was already debating whether I would like the book or not and I continued on and I liked the book but a lot of the time I don't like things that repeat a lot in YA books and this is definitely a storyline that does so yeah I I do kind of get that it's important to have some cancer um cancer storylines in books but yeah you're right it does happen a lot with like the mom getting cancelled now that I really think about it are you in Italy As we all know, people only come to Italy for two things, love and gelato. 
That's where Random Gelato Place in Italy comes in. Random Gelato Place in Italy has branches all over the country and they are all run by different people with different agendas, prices and flavors. They can be found anywhere from crowded tourist areas to hillsides to dark alleys. Need a pick-me-up or just want to experience Italy's unique flair? You can actually visit any of these the next time you are in Italy. Make sure not to use the promo code YABOOK slash G-E-L-A-T-O to get a free scoop. Okay, so we're going to go to a song segment now, which will be kind of rules. <laughs> there and will she be has a blog post. 17 songs and I have five. Yeah, I have five. Actually, I found another one. <laughs> she has seven. Thankfully, she's not going to talk about all of them. Otherwise, we'd be here for hours. But <laughs> now I'm going to talk about mine. You have good choices. Mine are basically all about um, Ren and Lena's relationship. And Orvi's is mostly about L- Lena's mom, Hadley's relationships and her life. And Right? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is Come On, Come On by One Direction. This is part of their second album and it's like an upbeat peppy song so i'm just gonna read the lyrics and then tell you why i thought of the song uh, the one that i came with she had to go but you look amazing standing alone so come on come on move a little closer now come on come on ain't way you're walking out come on come on show me what you're all about so i kind of related this to thomas ren and lena so thomas is actually the guy that Lena thinks she likes and the love triangle yeah I love triangle so basically the, the guy in the love triangle who is who ends up sad with a with just like a sad life yeah you know? so this is kind of the one that I came with she had to go so basically Thomas had to go and or it could be about Ren and Mimi who was Ren's girlfriend this is basically about falling for somebody who you know you're not supposed to fall about fall for so yeah, that's why I chose this song. And the next one is Right Now by One Direction again. And this is from their third album, Midnight Memories. And basically, these are the lyrics. Right now, I wish you were here with me. Because right now, everything is new to me. You know, I can't fight the feeling. And every night I feel it. Right now, I wish you were here with me. So basically, this is kind of everything is new to me. I thought that line fit because... You know, Lena's new to Florence, and this is basically about when after she kissed Ren, and she's saying, "I wish you were here with me. I wish you understood. I wish you could be with me." And this is why I chose this song. Both of these songs are amazing. You should go listen to them. And um, next, I have two songs by Shawn Mendes, which is "If I Can't Have You." I can't write one song that's not about you. Can't drink without thinking about you. Is it too late to tell you that? Everything means nothing if I can't have you. This is, again, about when Lena kissed Ren. She's saying, is it too late to tell you that? Everything means nothing if I can't have you. Because Ren thinks that, you know, she doesn't like him and that she likes Thomas. And it's a whole mess. But eventually they do get together. So this is kind of like a desperate song like if i can't have you what am i gonna do with myself so yeah and then the second song i think it's from the same album no no it's not yeah i don't know which this is from the wonder album it's called wonder and um 
So I'm just going to read the lyrics. Right before I close my eyes, the only thing that's on my mind, been dreaming that you feel it too. I wonder what it's like to be loved by you. Yeah, so I kind of feel that this is both for Ren and Lena. Like both of them are thinking about what it would be like if the other one loved them and they know that it's, they think, they think that they don't love each other back. But then at the end, you know, they figure out that they do. So this is kind of, again, this is another sad, slow song, but then it kind of picks up beat and she definitely listened to these songs. Okay, so this is another song that I was thinking about while we were talking and it's called Carolina by Harry Styles. Oh my God. And, and obviously, obviously I thought of it because, you know, <laughs> the girl's name is Carolina and basically her father who's not actually a father howard he has a family in in carolina i'm just gonna read a few lyrics that kind of fit uh she's got a family in carolina so far away but she says i remind her of home feeling oh so far from home so i thought this fit because she's in florence and even if it's not you know her home wasn't in carolina she still is feeling like she's drifting away from her home and that's what I think Ren makes her feel at home in Florence and I think he's the reason that she really wants to stay. So so says I remind her of home, that's a line that I thought fit. And those are all mine and now over to Urvi for her hundred million. <laughs> so I'm only gonna be talking about five songs. All of my 17 songs are about Hadley and X's relationship, okay? Um, because apparently I'm really, really good at finding heartbreak songs. Because I just love sad music. I, I think that it's really, really beautiful. I like rolling in emotions. My first song is Castle of Glass by Linkin Park. And actually I love this song uh, because it's really vague about its meaning. It's like a metaphor and... I, I can't make out what it's about, so it's quite easy to like take it and transpose it onto this book. So the quote says, Because I'm only a crack in this castle of glass, hardly anything there for you to see. So X, who is Hadley's mysterious love interest, who is in fact Lena's father, he's unfaithful to her in a lot of ways. She's only one of the people in his life, and he is completely, and when Hadley finds that out, Cue the song, I suppose. I, I don't know. The, the song is still very vague and I'm trying to figure out what it's about. Yeah, it, it's a lot of the verses are open to interpretation. So basically the whole song could be transposed onto heartbreak. My next song is Cold As You uh, by Taylor Swift from her debut album, also named Taylor Swift. One of the verses says, You put up the walls and paint them all a shade of grey and I stood there loving you and wished them all away. And you come away with a great little story of a mess of a dreamer with the nerve to adore you. I think this really, really applies to X and Hadley's story because that's basically their story. He, she finds, she thinks she loves him and, you know, she sees the best in him and she dies. But then once it's over, he comes out and he tells everybody that, you know, she was like lying and she was the one who was being clingy and something. So... Yeah, my next song is No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. And this one's actually a really, really good song. It's from the new James Bond movie soundtrack. I don't know if this is actually the chorus. It's like the verse, it's like the pre-chorus and then the first line of the chorus. Was I stupid to love you? Was I reckless to help? 
was it obvious to everybody else that I'd fallen for a lie? Because a few other people like Howard knew that X was not what he claimed to be. And this song is a really, really heartbreaking song about like about feeling betrayed by someone and about saying there's there's no point anymore. There's just no time to die. So my fourth song is Lie 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 by Joshua Bassett. Basically, the entire song is very relevant. So I'm not, I'm, I'm really, really lost about what verse to choose. I'm going to go ahead and go with one of the random verses. I know what you say about me. I hope that it makes you happy. You can't seem to get me off your mind. I know you're lying through your teeth. You told them the lies that you told me. I've had enough of it this time. So this is about um an ex who's not being very truthful about your story and just sharing their side not exactly being very fair to you in the retelling of it and that's a very understated version of what x is doing to hadley i'm not gonna say his name because he doesn't deserve it my last song is a complicated one it is all do well the tenant version taylor's version by taylor swift okay this one is actually quite personal to her so many of the verses are about her own experience but basically, it's about all the different experiences that you had with somebody and reliving it. I'm going to share the bridge, which is one of my favorite lines in the entire song. Uh, well, maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much. But maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. Running scared, I was there. I remember it all too well. And you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here because I remember it all. I love that part in All Too Well. I that know. I, I love the entire song, but this yeah. this line especially is like, oh, it's so, so And the so way she sings that and you call me I up know. again to just break me like yeah. yeah, It is so yeah. good. I wanted to sing it when I was saying it. Okay, so basically there's a point in Hadley's past, which we learn about through the journal, where X calls her up again quite literally and she's like come to where I'm at because he was a professor at her photography school in Florence but then he moved to Rome he got transferred and he calls her and then she meets him at Rome and they have a few magical days together until she tells him that she's pregnant and then he just completely loses it okay he tells her that like she's lying baby's not okay there's a lot of messy stuff that happens i felt like this was kind of a make made sense in that sense most of the song is about her experience though so oh oh, oh, i have another voice i have another voice um and there we are again when nobody had to know you kept me like a secret but i kept you like an oath sacred prayer and we'd swear to remember it all too well so this this is also relevant to their story because um they kept the relationship secret for um a great deal of time people were only able to gauge people some people knew like hadley's best friend knew because she guessed it but yeah it was secret and and this verse just kind of explains it what i wanted to say i'm not gonna go ahead and talk about ugly stuff yeah those are my songs i have 12 more wow all about hadley yeah okay so that's our song segment now a book that uh, the book reminds us of and only Orvi has a book for this one so yeah 
So this book kind of reminded me of Dash and Lily, which I mentioned earlier in the episode that I'm reading. It didn't remind me of Dash and Lily too much because Dash and Lily was um, a love story that began in a notebook, which was an ingenious idea and they did it well. Basically, the part of Dash and Lily that this reminded me of was the love triangle because in Dash and Lily, basically, in the love triangle, there are two love triangles, first of all, which is also what this book looks like. So there's a love triangle on the guy's side where he has somebody who is either an ex-girlfriend or a current girlfriend. And then he has the main character. And on the girl's side, she has, of course, this guy. And then she has another guy who is not who he claims to be. He's he's not as correct for her as she would like to believe. So yeah, that's the love triangle. I, I, I'm not going to go into detail because uh, I don't want to spoil Dash and Lily for people because... People might want to read it after I sell it to them in our next episode. Yeah, so uh, now I'm going to talk about books by the author again. I don't think the author really has written many books, but the author's name is Jenna Evans Welch. And there are two other books in the series and they're very loosely connected. We've already mentioned Love and Luck, which is basically about... um, Lena's best friend. Uh, she's mentioned uh, quite a bit in Love and Gelato. This is about her when she goes to Ireland and her love story. The third book is Love and Olives, which is about Addie, who is Lena's best friend, her friend. So it's kind of all loosely connected. And Love and Olives is set in Greece, I think. So basically, I think the author is kind of going around the world, you know. Yeah. Greece, Florence, Ireland. Yeah, just like basically she's putting girls in like foreign countries which are not the US and she's making them fall in love it's quite pleasurable yeah so that's basically the books I know about that she's written now moving on to the rating uh Ovi you can go uh so I rated this book four out of five stars I actually quite liked the book so I mean it was really enjoyable and I liked a lot of the writing and the way the characters were done I give five stars only to books that give me an existential crisis or something of the sort or like a really bad book hangover so this book didn't quite meet that criteria it was however very good so it was fluffy and nice i give the book about 3.75 i know that's very exact that's so precise (laughs) that's very exact but see i had just finished an awesome fantasy book and then to start reading a romance and so there was like a lot of action and you know it's fantasy obviously there's a lot of complicated themes and stuff so to go back into romance and like a sweet romance maybe if I read it after reading some other romance book or something or some mellow book I would have wanted to read it but this time when I started it I wasn't really like in the mood so that's why I give it 3.75 it was pretty good and it was one of the better romances I've read so definitely recommend it. You can do the outro. It lost 0.25 <laughs> stars. Yeah, it's just 0.25. Anyway. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about Love and Gelato. We highly recommend the book if you... I mean, actually, if you've already like listened to this entire episode by now and not read the book, then there's no <laughs> point yeah. at all. So don't bother. But um, we hope you enjoyed it anyway. Uh, leave us a review on your podcast listening app or website of choice leave us a voicemail or email telling us what you thought about this book any other any feedback 
genre ideas or book ideas or or any recommendations for rom-com books because that's our next episode share with fellow book lovers follow us check out our blog and spotify all of the links are in the description thank you bye, bye. to get a free scoop <laughs> scoop sorry <laughs> scoop <laughs> a free scoop <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>